I really enjoy playing pinball. I could play for hours at a time. But as soon as I'm done playing pinball, I don't feel any kind of deeper reward. Um, here I am. So I'm just passing through for the day. I don't know the area at all. You know what? I'm from Philadelphia. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and a very warm late July welcome to the Wandering Wolf Podcast. Here's your host, the only one. Thank you, Donjamin. You the man. Everybody. That's correct. What he said was correct. This is the Wandering Wolf Podcast. I am your host, Yoni Wolf. I just appreciate that he's calling me Yoni now and not Yanni. Um, that goes for all of you at the merch table as well. It's Yoni with a hard O. Hard O. Hard O. Uh, I am leaving my house now, but that's not important. All right, babe. The bottom line is I do have some things to mention in regards to, hey, in regards to um, dates, let's discuss that for a moment here. Uh, on, this is just coming up just now. That's why I, I need to bring it up. Thursday, July 23rd, 2015. Bloomington, Indiana at the Bishop. Friday, July 24th, 2015. Madison, Wisconsin at the school, the university on the terrace, something like that. Uh, you can check for details. I believe that's a free show. Saturday. July 25th, 2015. Minneapolis, Minnesota at 7th Street Entry. Uh, Sunday. July 26th, 2015. Chicago at Shubas. If you live in any of these cities, I, I, uh, I hope to see you at the show. Uh, this is solo shows that I'm performing. Um, with Serengeti opening up. So they're good. They're good shows. Any of you in any other cities that have been to the shows uh, can attest. I think they're fun. It's a fun time. Uh, It's a good hang. I always enjoy meeting all you people that I meet at the merch table and whatnot. Very chill folks, especially my my, uh, wandering wolfers. Uh, I, I love you guys. Uh, but please, if you do live in one of these cities and you plan on attending, uh, do me a favor and uh, just, just get on Facebook or whatever social media you use and just just uh, just blast out. Maybe put a link to the uh, to the show if you if you can uh, if you have that you know wherever you buy your tickets on there. Put a link to the show on your Facebook. Let your friends know that you're going. Um, just to help help people. Uh, spread the word that it's happening because I maybe am not that great at spreading the word and I don't have the funds you know this is this is uh, something that uh, I'm doing myself here I get a little bit of help here and there from Joyful Noise who have been very awesome to help me but by and large 
it's my responsibility to uh, to figure it out. So uh, I'm asking you guys to help me out because I, you know, it's a fear. Of course, it's it's living in fear to think, well, what if no one shows up to my show, and, and how will I feel? I, I'll, you know, that I'll be uh, feel inadequate in some way, or, or uh, what happened? You know, uh, you know what, what what no one likes me. I'm gonna go uh, eat eat worms or whatever. Um, but you know, the, you know, whatever. Look, the more the merrier, as they say. I'm just gonna keep saying cliches uh, until someone stops me. Somebody stop me! Oh God. Maybe I shouldn't think that way. I mean, you know, maybe it uh, is more in accordance with my current occupation of spiritual growth or, or attention to spiritual growth to to not worry about the attention of others, not worry about um, you know what what other people think about me or or, or you know, to try to garner some sort of uh, appeal in others. Uh, but, you know, I'm a man, like any other man, I'm a man of the flesh, and, and I do think that I do consider that, you know, and I mean, I'll, there's also the practical stuff, like, if I lose my ass on the shows, then, then I don't get asked to do these kind of things any again, you know what I mean? Um... So there's that. But ultimately, I think it's probably a better way to be to just, just uh, you know, just keep, keep your nose down. I mean, that's why people hire other people to do that stuff for them, to promote their shows and to... Uh, I like how I can get into all these different acoustics by walking around the neighborhood. Uh... But you know that's why they hire people to do that for them to promote the shows and to, and to be their their uh, you know their business mind and their business push so that you know the artists can just fo- focus on the art that makes sense to me. But in this case, I'm doing it myself and that's fine. So I'm asking your help. Fine, do or don't, do whatever you want. But I hope to see you there if you live in one of those cities. And this is kind of winding down these these type of of uh, tours. I've done. I guess this is the third one that I've done, and uh, they're enjoyable. They're enjoyable. Uh, done. I did two with Getty, and I did one with Astronautilus and Bluebird, and uh, they're they're chill times, good times. Sort of uh, what 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 Getty likes to call gentlemen's tours, where it's just a couple gentlemen in in a car, you know, riding around. Enjoying each other's company and getting out and and uh, performing and selling their wares and it's good. It's good. Well, the guest today that I have here is a guest that I've had before, but he he was so uh, enjoyable the first time, and also uh, you guys seemed to really enjoy that episode. I got a lot of feedback on that episode, uh, and it was just a wonderful conversation for me and I grew a lot having having uh, had that conversation for sure uh, is as you can see from the title Aaron Weiss um, and 
yeah, I, I really relished in the opportunity to go speak to him again. Uh, as I tell him in the in the episode or in the conversation coming up, uh, I need I really needed it. You know, I, I sort of woke up that morning with a, with a dull feeling of what am I doing or whatever, and uh, I felt like I really needed to have a little spiritual jolt. And uh, what better way than to have a conversation with Aaron, with Aaron? Uh, and yeah, it, it it did what I needed it to do. Not not to say that he was there for me to make to make my day turn around, but he did turn around my day. That conversation did. Uh, so yeah, and then that night I went and saw Me Without You, who. Uh, played what seemed to be a sold-out show uh, at the uh, new Southgate House Revival uh, and uh, killed it, killed it. I love seeing him after sitting there talking, you know, about this kind of uh, spiritual stuff and, and, and uh, you know, how, how sensitive and deep he is. It's great to uh, be at the show and, and watch him just go nuts um, as the sort of you know having had the upbringing as a, as a hardcore singer or whatever you know he, he gets into it and I like seeing that and the whole band is great it's a great band um, if you haven't had the opportunity to see me without you you should alright let's with no further delay get into this conversation with Aaron Weiss. Hey, how's it going? Looking all hippied out, I like it. (laughs) How are you? Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you meet my wife, Acacia? I think we met last time. Hi. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Who's the father? No, I'm just kidding. Sorry. I was wondering Bad jokes. I would make a joke like Bad that. jokes. <laughs> how you how you been, man? I've been up and down. You're about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, next month. Next month. Have, have you, uh, do you know what, if it's going to be a boy or a girl? They said it's a girl. They said it's a girl. That's okay. They, they did an ultrasound and they yeah. said those are about 95% accurate. If they say it's a girl, they might be wrong. Right. Right. So that... Or be a boy with a really little penis. If he takes after his father, yes, <laughs> yeah. that's likely. Uh, wow, that's exciting, man. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah. I don't know. It just it blows my mind that that's how things work, right? Do you have any kids? No. No, I don't. I don't. Do you have any? I want to. Hopes, yeah. I definitely want to. I don't have any prospects for for mothers mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to have have a kid. I, I really would. It, it feels like a natural pull. Do you do you feel that way, or, or was this kind of just something that was sprung upon you? Sprung upon us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither of us were set on having kids. I wouldn't say we were dead set against it. Yeah, but we were trying to avoid it. At least put it off. We'd only been married about six months when she got pregnant, right. so we didn't feel like we had very much time to enjoy. The marriage is right, you know, with just the two of us, and all of a sudden this big news came that felt like it was going to change so much, and so actually we were both pretty upset at first. She cried 
she first found out, and of course that made me sad. I felt a little more neutral. You know, yeah. I didn't feel really excited or or too concerned. I just it almost didn't feel real. You know, still yeah. still doesn't. It's much more rea- uh, of a reality to her, of course, because it's in in her body, and she right. feels all these changes and feels the baby kicking. And I just see her belly getting bigger, and I think about what it's going to be like, but it still doesn't seem do you, very have, tangible. Have you thought about? Or do you have any fantasies about what you what you'll be like as a father, or what kind? Have you thought about what kind of things you want to impart upon this this child? Things like that. Sure, I think I have all kinds of thoughts about it, but it, it's so hard to say before it happens because I, I've picked a lot of parents' brains, and one refrain that keeps coming up is you don't know until it happens or you don't want to understand until you get there or you have all these plans and then they go out the window once the baby comes like you might have a certain philosophy on discipline or what strategy you're going to use but then it might not be successful or it might not feel right with that child and even with different kids you know maybe different every kid requires something different it seems like probably right so I think there's something about parenting that really resists formulization and so that's one thing that's exciting to me about it is that I won't, in a sense, I feel there's no use in planning too far ahead because my plans won't necessarily pan out. So I figure, well, there's enough on my plate today. So it doesn't feel like that that big a part of my life right now, even though it's only a month away from the due date. You'll uh, deal with it when it comes. Kind of. I mean, there are certain things that we do need to deal with now, like keeping her iron levels up and yeah. getting enough protein in her and yeah. enough you know make sure she's drinking enough water and getting rest and you know mostly just physical care and nutrition yes uh, but th- that seems very important today and then you know dealing with how to interact with the baby or with the child is is going to be really important yeah uh, some other day I think you're going to be good I think you're going to be good I get that sense yeah I don't know <laughs> you seem like you have a big heart and you seem patient. Well, I'll say this. I really love animals and little, you know, sweet, innocent things. Like, uh, yeah. we have a couple of cats and there's nothing, there's, I'm not sure there's anything on earth that makes me happier than just being with cats or, or seeing animals in, out in nature. And so to think about a little baby as a little animal and as a little creature that's especially dependent on us. Yeah. It's in our care and it's, you know, so simple and sweet and its needs are so tangible that you can care for it in very obvious ways you know sometimes people are so complicated adults you don't know what to do to meet their needs because sometimes they're closed off we don't know what to do to meet our own needs I don't anyway yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly but as a baby it's very yeah very simple it's like you know it's either food or it's either sleep or it's either what do you walk them? I don't know what do you, you do. You change their diaper, I think. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's one of the, it's one of like four or five things right. that you can narrow down and and then to make that change or to address that need. I, I'm very results oriented, and the way I feel happy is getting things done and yeah. serving someone in a tangible way that I know they needed something and I could provide it. That kind of makes me feel good. And, yeah. Well, so, then, then this is the this is the perfect occupation for you that, that you're going to get into here for a while. But then there's also a part of me that I, we talked about it last time. That I've, I'm very morally al- aligned or kind of perfectionist minded. Yes, and I remember. And 
I turn that on myself first and foremost, but then also people, those around me get it kind right. of uh, secondarily, how much I have high expectations of people and want them to be good. Be oh, good so you and, think you may be hard on the kid. I'm afraid I will be, or at least not hard in terms of I'll want to, you know, criticize them harshly or whack them or anything, but hard in that I'll expect very high, high things. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure if they don't meet those expectations, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, I try don't not go to... Go and get the switch or no, whatever. not the switch, but just feeling sad and yeah. feeling and withdrawn. I mean, I know my wife feels it and anyone in my life who's close enough to me. I don't lash out, but I kind of turn inwards and shut down. But, but just, just the fact that you're aware of that, I mean... You know, I think that's that's half the battle. You know, just noticing that within yourself and being sensitive to to it. Like when it comes on or when those feelings come on, you know, I, I'm sure you you can start to you will start to deal with those things in different ways as time goes on. You know, as as you become older and wiser, it feels like an ongoing battle because I've learned that this lesson so many times that you know judging others or shutting down and withdrawing and measuring them according to whatever standards and expectations I have of them is not fruitful but it keeps happening it's like a pattern of my is mind it, is it real do you think that's really about judging yourself do you think that really comes down to how you feel about yourself and 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 where you stand spiritually or morally definitely and I sometimes I tell I tell anyone who's Born the brunt of this. If you think it's hard to be around me, imagine what it's like for me, who's around me all the time, and I have to deal with all my judgmental thoughts almost constantly. So, not that I'm expecting some great sympathy, but I try to remember that for anyone else too. Yeah. Whatever difficulties I sense, you know, for me to be around them, it might be hard to deal with this or that personality on tour. Then I think, well, they've got all these issues and and hardships in, in dealing with their own mind, and and a lot of times that's how I think about. The way we interact with what we think are other people. Absolutely, just that's, that's compassion. That that's like, yeah, realizing that everyone's a reflection of us, as Buddhist type people would say, or whatever. Like that we're all one thing, and we're all the same, and you know, all that that mumbo jumbo stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what I, I find interesting is that, you know, what you said about about you you'll know what you have to. You know how you how you have to re- react to your alleged daughter. We assume is going to be a daughter uh, when she's there, because we all have this different personality and sort of. I mean, personality feels like a, a surface word, but I mean the deep inner workings of of the psyche and all. You know, I mean even beyond how we're raised and stuff. I feel like we are born with a certain way that we are do you, do you feel that well I I think it's it's hard to know I've, in my schooling I've studied human development childhood psychology to some extent and found the more I learn about that the less I know the less certain I feel about what forms a human being or a personality but it it does seem to be I mean of course they say genetics and environment you know the nature and nurture and sure. where the one ends and the other begins is impossible for me to know, or at least I've never been able to tell. Yeah. But it is pretty striking that the same two people, I mean, you know for you and your siblings or me and my brother, 
being raised in the same environment, even with the same set of DNA or you know same parents at least, you can um, be very different. Turn out so different. So it's a really it's a huge mystery to me what what gives us our disposition and our tendencies. But of course, let me stop there. <laughs> let me stop there. Okay. Uh, I, I I did something yesterday. I I did a drug yesterday called DMT. You ever heard of that? Yes. And it 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 was very uh, strange. It, it stripped me one hundred percent of my sense of self and sense of humanity or sense of anything that resembles what I thought was reality at all. So that that makes me think twice about the idea of personality or who we are uh, and stuff like that. It, it just it it just ca- causes me to pause for a second because there you know for 5 minutes or whatever it was it's short, you know. I I was um, not me. I was nothing. I was nothing, which was a very strange feeling. Had you used that same drug before? No. This is the first time I ever used it. Yeah. And, uh... Is that what they say? It's something of the, the chemical that's released when people die? Is yes. That, am I thinking of the right one? That's the one. Yeah. So it's uh, typically... And, and when we... They, they, they think, they don't know, but they think when we dream um, that it's produced as well. Definitely when you die, it's produced. Yeah. So it lasted for five minutes and then it was totally over? Or was it kind of a gradual fading out? Oh, it fades out over the course of maybe ten more minutes, ten, fifteen more minutes. Did your sense of time change? I had no sense what? of time. when I For those five minutes, I had no sense of time whatsoever. I mean... Did you have any specific expectations when you went into this? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for some kind of spiritual, uh, like, I'm looking to feel something or to be, or to, to come upon something that will make me feel another layer. So you you put this, these conversations online so I assume that your parents have access to and so they must know or uh, I don't know yeah I don't know I, I I don't think they listen to this if they do then I'll have to have that talk to them <laughs> you know it's safe it's not you know what I'm saying no one's ever died on DMT you know what I mean it's you can't overdose on it um, because you physically can't smoke anymore at some point you know what I'm saying like so you it's something that you smoke is it an herb of some kind or a, it's it's a, a plant? It's a plant, yeah. Okay. It's it's, but it's a powder that they extract. It's like I guess how they extract cocaine or whatever. Okay. They do that process, and then you smoke that, and um, it's very harsh on your lungs. And you know, was it um, hallucinogenic in terms of your visually? Did I see things? Um, not as much. It was more sensory. I se- I did sense almost like. In those, like, in, in, a, in a movie of a near-death experience where um, someone is, it, you know, you're seeing all the imagery of someone going somewhere else, you know, in their mind or whatever, and then, but but the whole time they can vaguely hear, like, but they don't know what that is. You know what I'm saying? So their own heartbeat? Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. The mechanics of the body. I could hear my heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I could hear myself swallowing. I could hear myself breathing. But I didn't know that it was me 
doing that. It was just like this background stuff happening. Um, I, I really sensed the, all the mechanics of my body, you know, in a, in a, in a profound way, but uh, did not know that it was my body. Yeah, anyway, that it's... I don't mean to go on about that experience, but but yeah, it it, it did make me think about the idea of who who am I because I I was nothing, you know what I mean? And then slowly over the course of that ten minutes when I was coming back, it was like oh 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 right, you know I remember that I'm something. And you've you've tried some other narcotics in the past, haven't you? Uh, not narcotic. Well, I don't know what narcotics. I mean, I think I think of like cocaine and heroin or something when I say narcotics. Uh, I, when I was young, uh, in my late teens, maybe very early twenties, I, I tried uh, acid and, and mushrooms. Was there any parallels there? Not really. I mean, it, it was lights out in this in with this situation. I mean, also I did it with a blindfold and ear earplugs. You know what I mean? Uh, were you al alone? Uh, no, I was with friends that were just keeping an eye on me to make sure I was okay. I, I didn't know if I was going to dart up and act crazy, you know, and break shit. I didn't know. But no, there was none of that, and there's no possibility of that. It, was, it's, it really just kind of um, laid me down, you know. Did you record the experience? Of, I mean, an audio or I video? I did. I recorded the audio, but I didn't say anything during it. I, was, I, can just, I heard myself just kind of swallowing know what I mean? Um, and then I talked when I came back, came to. Um, had these other has these, the friends of yours done the same? Uh, one other friend tried it. Yeah, but 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 it it. Uh, I and I didn't even go into the world that people talk about going. You know, they talk about like breaking through to the other side or whatever. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to that world like where you have like where it becomes maybe more of a clear thing. Everything was just sort of broken up and and um, everything shattered apart, basically. The reality, reality kind of shattered apart for what I knew of reality. But this was also reality, you know what I'm saying, on another level. I could feel that, definitely. So did you have... Do you have a sense that something that you took away from there will carry into the future? Um, I don't know. Well, just that, that, I, that as I'm thinking about, you know, your child get, being born and personalities and things like that. I don't know exactly, but it just, it just makes me think a, a little, you know, or just consider another level of things going on. You know, I, I already sort of believe maybe intellectually in, in, a, in a a spiritual dimension or, or many different kinds of dimensions but when we say that what does that mean you know wh why shouldn't it be connected to the reality that we know I think it is I don't think it's it's anything uh, in the clouds or something you know in, in, in like metaphorical or, or or some you know renaissance clouds or something you know I, I feel like it's it's down what do you mean I mean it's I mean rather than it being some flash to some other realm that's the same as ours right it's it's under under the the, the sub quark particles you know what I'm saying it's it's 
it's there always. It's, it's everywhere. Okay. You know, which you know that. I think you believe that, right? I do. Yeah. I believe that. Um, I don't know it, I guess, but I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this kind of made me feel that in a way. And it, and it didn't have... There wasn't a benevolence to it. There wasn't a malevolence to it. Um, at least where, where I was at with it. Like I said, I don't think I broke through to the other side or whatever. Um, which maybe if you break through too far, you die or whatever. But, but And that's what death is, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I did, I did feel this, this, uh, other thing. Do you plan to do it again? I, I, I think I will, yeah. I think I will. I'd like to, I'd like to see what happens if you do enough of it to get through to that other thing, you know? But it's not, it's nothing to toy with. It, it's... Goodness, sorry for all these... To my audience, I apologize for the trucks. Uh, it's nothing to toy with. It's not fun. It's not like it doesn't feel good. It's not like taking marijuana or or, or um, I don't know what other drugs there are that feel good. I assume cocaine, you know, or, or heroin or something feels good. Uh, never done those really. I took one line of cocaine one time ages ago, but I didn't feel it. Um, but. I, I, uh, it's not like that. It's terrifying, actually. It is like, it is like the feeling of, like, when you're about to die. It, you can kind of sense that it's, that it is probably that. But something, I'm drawn to, to try that again for some reason, to, to try to get something that lasts, uh, in my life, you know, in my cognizant, normal, quote-unquote, life that I've been living in. Have you had anything else that's taken you in that similar direction? No. No. No, that was unique. Have, would you ever consider doing anything remotely like that? I mean, you don't do any drugs at all. Right. Well, I drink coffee. I had two cups already today so yeah there you go that's something what's going on man how are you no you're all right i just went to go buy a wedding band and i got serenaded for over an hour by an elvis impersonator he was the jeweler trying to get you to marry him no just trying to like sell me a ring but he sang elvis songs seriously for almost an hour did you buy the ring i I did like a, a a secret filming of him. Right. It's incredible. Did, did he get you to buy? No. All the rings he had were like Elvis style. You oh, know, yeah. I had like bulldogs with like diamond eyes and shit like that. So, no. But not your style. It's pretty, yeah. pretty amazing though. Right up there, man. I'm just, just saying, you guys. Just yeah. saying, if you need a ring. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. He did Caribbean Queen too, which was I thought was kind of strange. Well, this yeah. is going to break the news to your fiance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I came this Oh, no, she's mind. already your fiance. You already know. Exactly, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. so we're, we're almost there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I almost bought a bulldog ring with diamond eyes. He's kind of a cool wedding band. He's a good salesman, it sounds yeah. like. He did his job, for sure. Good seeing you. Though. Yeah, man. Anyway, I don't want this to be an interview about me doing DMT, but... Yeah, I asked if you would ever consider doing anything like that, or or, or not even if you would consider it, but if if that if those kind of things are are uh, if you're curious about it, 
Well, since I was a child, I was curious about hallucinogenic drugs. Yeah. But for, probably for the same reason as you're describing, wanted to see what other kind of layers of reality you can find if you peel away some of what we take for granted and doing something that changes our perception of the world around it's us. It's about perception. I mean, how much how much of what we perceive to be real is is objective in some you know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Well, I might not know exactly what you're saying, but that means a lot to me what you're, you know, those same ideas are always rattling around in in my mind. And if you ask if I would ever consider doing those drugs, well, the answer is yes. Uh, while at the same time, if I were a gambling man, I'd say I probably would bet against them if I ever would. Yeah, yeah. Um, I <clears throat> will have to resist being too um, preachy or di- didactic about my response because I have reasons for avoiding those kinds of... Do you of look down on me for, for, for doing something like that? No. Well, I should say, I have... Sorry. FedEx truck. Ground Damn. delivery. Things are going to be beautiful in this guy. Without a doubt, I have preconceived notions about hallucinogenic drugs or um, beliefs that come mostly from my parents. I, I think I mentioned to you before that they... They had both experimented with hallucinogens, yeah, hallucinogens, and both struggled with mental illness and associated the, that. Ta- that maybe maybe um, uh, ticked that off and made that happen. They thought so. Yeah, it's hard to know, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and most of my beliefs on the matter are hearsay. They're from um, a, a lot of what I think about this comes from Bawa Muhaidin, who I mentioned to you was kind of our family's guru. Yes, and he talked about. Um, mind-altering drugs in a way that was... My impression of what he was saying was that he saw them as kind of a shortcut to a heightened or altered state of consciousness um, and a a state that could be reached through prayer or meditation and without the adverse side effects or without the need for something outside of yourself to to reintroduce this state of of consciousness. So I think... um, Well, he... Unambiguously, um, it was anti. It was anti. Yeah. And I tr- generally trust him more than I trust myself or my own curiosities. But yeah. you know, with with exceptions, there's things that Bawat's taught that I don't live by. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that he taught that I do hold dear. And I sort through those things on my own. Um, so it's hard to say in 20 years what I'd believe about. Drug use, but I can say this without a doubt that the, the experiences you're describing of losing the self or of coming to question your own identity and what you hold to be true and what there was no question. I mean, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a valuable experience. I mean, that sounds like a, something that Could be. I've, in a sense, been pursuing this guy, complete surrender of of self and opening up a new possibilities. Of who we might be, yeah. Um, but I'm also not that I'm afraid of side effects straightforwardly. But I, given the history of of manic depression and psychosis, yes, in my family, um, I'm quite sure it's nothing to toy with. Nothing, definitely nothing to toy with. Especially probably the mushrooms and the and the LSD. The, uh, this drug, I will say this. 
I will say two things. One, it's not for young people. This is not a, a drug for like teenagers and 20 year olds. I feel like I may be even still too young to feel this. <coughs> um, I, 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 it's something that you have to prepare for by, I mean, this is my, uh, my opinion, you know, Terrence McKenna or somebody, people might say different things. I think that it's something that you have to prepare for by beginning to sort of live um, in in a self-aware way or something, like or, or being open to the ideas of, of, I don't know, man, and, you know, like meditating sometimes or trying to reach a state where you're, you're, Hyper aware and trying to trying to blank out a little bit, you know, in in sober, quote unquote, sober life, you know, um, it, it's not something for for a kid who just likes to do drugs to do like as a recreational thing whatsoever. It's not that. Uh, the second thing I'll say is that probably amongst all the psychedelics or, or you know hallucinogenics, uh, this one is probably. I think it's the most intense, and I think it is the easiest to come away from without side effects and things like that, because it is something that your body naturally produces. That's all I'll say about it. Sure. Yeah, well, I think one thing that's exciting about having a community of friends and loved ones and those you trust or you kind of go through life together is we can go different paths and see how it pans out you know yeah. for example if i keep in touch with you over the years if you keep on doing this i'm going to keep an eye on i'm going to be haggard the dark circles well, under my eyes well i hope right wig but i don't i certainly don't want you to you know lose your mind or yeah. you know end up opening up your your heart or your spirit to something that's harmful you know my 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 amateur sense of, of some of these drugs is that they open you up to to different ways of viewing reality or different I, I guess I use the term spirit with some hesitation because I don't exactly know what it means but I have a sense that there are different forces and energies in, surrounding us that we can invite into our lives and we or keep out depending on how careful we are and if we let something in that could do damage um, well I guess to come back to my original point I'll keep an eye on how you're doing and see, well, how does DMT work for my friend Yoni? And you think I'm going to get a demon? I, do, I, I don't know what a demon is, but I think there are, someone might listen to this might think, well, demons aren't real. But I'm not concerned with whether whatever has traditionally been called a demon is real. But I'm concerned with what is real and forces that hurt people's life and that, that confuse their mind and make them lose touch or go farther from reality um, and whether you call that a demon or a, a, a mental illness or um, just a bad idea or a neurosis we, it's not the right, word right what I'm, are those things exactly no you're right they, they may all be the same same thing with different words I mean you know I mean that's just uh, our language is incomplete you know right Cause, because we don't know you know what I'm saying like like I said like if if spirit is below the the smallest you know uh, quark or whatever the, I don't even know the smallest um, 
division that we know of now. Right. <laughs> but I, my hunch is that it keeps going below that. So if spirit is is a realm somewhere way down there, you know, that that is interweaved within the makeup of all things, that's a hunch that I have. Um, then who's to say that doesn't influence everything that we know in our perception of reality so with that said the psychology of someone with psychosis who's to say that's not created by quote unquote spirits sure right yes I I, I agree and I for that reason try to get avoid being too bogged down by disagreements that are primarily based on language or yeah. being too attached to any advice I'd give saying uh, be careful of this drug because it might hurt your spiritual life right and you um, whatever that means I um, I'm I suppose I have my own little examples of drug use and what it's done to the mental health of those near to me and yes have reasons to be concerned I've also have ex- experiences maybe just a a touch here and there or a, a, a tiny taste of what it sounds like you're describing which I'm assuming is probably in a similar direction of within what meditation yes and without a doubt it's been the it's been the peaks of my life they've been the highest points of my life really and the, most, and, and the most the most intense and the most important experiences I've had can you can you describe that for me like the set and setting where you were at and when you know and also the feeling within it I'm not sure it's um, it's been a while since I've since I've felt even close to that um, in a sense I could I should admit that my my spiritual life or my practices and my discipline has has dried up a little bit to where I don't feel very sharp these days and I feel relatively apathetic and lazy um, not completely but I just don't feel as clear as I once did. And I, I hope that's not a one-way trend. I, I haven't given up on those practices, but I just feel whether it's the changes in my life recently being married and now having a kid on the way and being on tour and writing an album, there are all these things that are pulling me in different directions as far as my focus. Um, I have no excuse. It's just a matter of not um, going through the motions that I once did, waking up early before the sun, saying my prayers or fasting, or being plugged into a community that was likewise seeking some deeper meaning. Um, I think I've just become more sort of materialistic and superficial, watching movies and wasting time, or doing things that afterward feel me, uh, leave me feeling kind of drained and with a sense of apathy or meaninglessness. But you, it, And it seems like you're not okay with that. No, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I accept it as a, a, a season of my life wherein... I'm learning about those things. In a sense, there's these, this ebb and flow of my spiritual devotions where there's times that I feel very committed and very um, alive and devout. And without fail, those are the times that I'm happiest and most fulfilled. But things creep in and start to distract me or vie for my attention or I just start to become curious. Okay, while well, I've been holed up in my room and concerning myself with this one aspect of life, we might call this religious or a spiritual domain. Well, what about 
know, people and what about movies and what about art and what about the news or politics and I start to look into other things. What about this six pack of cores? What about <laughs> no. Well some things they don't have the it's same pull slope. for me. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And 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 as I was saying before that we can learn from each other's paths. I've been around enough alcohol that yeah. I've seen the effect it has on most others and the worst drug. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah it yeah. just seems like I Gosh, if I could just if I could eliminate one thing from art, well, I'm on tour right now, so I'm, it's on my mind, oh, and I God. I if meet that, a lot of people. Could, if that could bing and be out of existence, if there's no more alcohol, tour would be awesome. I, I well, I think it would be greatly improved because yeah. I end up caught in a lot of conversations with someone who's had a, a bit too much to drink. The and, repeatanoids, right? And you think, wow, if you could hear yourself, if you would really hear how you're coming across, you, know, you might have a bit less to say. Yeah. So I. I don't want there again I don't want to judge anyone harshly I just um, have seen it's sort of like um, to use more extreme examples someone who just eats nothing but junk food or shoots up heroin or something you see well, certain things really drive someone's life uh, into the ground um, or just are unhealthy and um, I would put alcohol any sort of excessive consumption of alcohol in that category of absolutely i've seen enough of this one to know yeah and i just don't like the taste of it and it um, it, it, it drives itself to excess you know within your body almost like it, it, it it's one of these things that drives you to want more of it you know like a, like it's almost like a uh, parasite or something like that okay. where, where you know what i'm saying like it seems like I'll just have a glass of wine, you know, turns into three glasses of wine because it wants more of itself in your body. I believe it. I have not, I've never experienced that. I, as, again, I am a coffee drinker, so I'm not free from... So same, from, similar with coffee, from addiction, maybe, in a way. Yes, but, I, and I've, but I've seen enough of that, that same sort of addictive... I will say this, tendency. DMT is the absolute opposite. I feel like I should try it again. I am scared shitless <coughs> to try it again. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that was fun or like feels like, ooh, I, I could just have a little more of that. It's something that I feel like I should do, but I, I yeah, I'm, I'm frightened. Well, to, to, to come back to what you asked before, that, that what you're saying now reminds me of, which I... Yes, maybe I want to know about the, the, how, how those things felt. Because when I think about what it, ta- what it took to come to that, the state I'm describing, or beating around the bush, I couldn't describe it, I'm sure, but sort of what you're saying with the DMT that it was something that was it was not something you're eager to do again or something that there were maybe circumstances surrounding whatever benefits it carries with it that are not attractive or that are not easy Um, and when I think of the times that I've reached the most heightened experiences I've had they were in a time of my life that I had a, a whole rhythm and a whole world built for myself that I think facilitated the monastic life. The monastic life, and uh, and the, but also the ha- being alone in some respect, but having a community that was supporting my disciplines, to where I couldn't just wake up and do whatever I felt like doing. There were certain responsibilities that I had to meet, or I couldn't just sleep till whatever time I felt like sleeping until there was a, a prayer meeting that I had to make it to, and it was at 4:30 a.m., which I'd never want to wake up that early. But there was you know, maybe a year or two of my life that that was a regular thing for me. I felt much, much better, much clearer, much freer when I was doing that. But you can understand why I'm not that doing that, that now. That can't go on forever. And we're on tour. It's not easy. Yes. When we have uh, a show that so sometimes starts at 
10 p.m. and we're not packed up and on the road till 1 a.m. and then we're driving and sleeping in a parking lot somewhere and there's not a, a real framework for me to wake up early and to be surrounded by others who are like-minded and seeking yes. something deeper or there's just an overall... Well, I don't want to disparage the tour lifestyle, but I can say for all its rewards, it has not been the most healthy atmosphere for me. It, it, it sounds to me like you take you know you, you take comfort in being a soldier in the peaceful army of the Lord essentially you know what I mean with with the the, the regimen you know with the the re, the regulated times and the you know all that stuff sure well I think that there's obvious um, I have certainly negative connotations with the military language um, but it's there in the in the, God, in the, the scriptures about um, put on the armor of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit all these I might be mixing them up but you, yeah, I know you what remember you what I'm talking yeah. about <clears throat> and in a way I've come to like some of those images in, in so far as they they almost feel disarming to me I used to think of them as obviously they're militaristic but in a sense I think they undermine violence or undermine some of the oppressive potential for militarization or um, regimentation of our yeah. lives. In other words, it, what I'm trying to say is I think there are disciplines and restrictions we can place on ourselves that result in greater freedom uh, than if we just do whatever we want all the time. Right. Uh, that almost goes without say. Yes. At this point, I, I, I would expect anyone who's thought more than five minutes about the topic recognizes it. It, that unrestrained, quote unquote, freedom results in a lack of freedom, at least for some. Right. You know, we do whatever we want. We're going to uh, oppress others. We hate times. school, but then we get depressed in the summertime. Well, that's a, that's a good example. Uh, I think it might be related, or at least we. I know that I've resented the, some of the disciplines of, of school and the requirements of of academic life, but I've also grown and benefited from. Uh, in many cases, reading something I wasn't immediately interested in or putting off something that might have been more immediately gratifying for the sake of some future reward or some deeper gratification. I think that goes... That applies to me in so many aspects. Yeah. I know my own psychology. Um, I'm not... Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I love... I really enjoy playing pinball. I could play for hours at a time. But as soon as I'm done playing pinball, I don't feel any kind of deeper reward I feel yeah. in a sense a well, sense it's, 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 it's that, that's the same as looking on Twitter on your phone or whatever in, right. in a way I mean there's a skill to it I suppose um, to pinball but yeah it's it's something to take your mind off of off of what off of what off of what so what so what <laughs> what are these experiences that that you that you would have that you say were the, the, the pinnacle of joy in your life during well, during those years. I can cert I can definitely describe the practices and maybe in doing so it'll remind me of the experiences. There's no way for me to get back to those experiences given that I'm steeped in, in an environment right now or in this habit of You know what? I'm from Philadelphia. So I just passing through for the day. I don't know the area at all. Sorry about that. You too. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> but as I was, was saying that I I feel so steeped in a relatively superficial 
pattern of living right now that there's no way for me. Let me give you an example. If I were a bodybuilder and one say, which you are, five, which I in some respects might be, five years ago I could bench press 300 pounds at my peak. Uh, but then the past few years I've gotten lazy. I haven't been exercising. I've deteriorated. Okay, so what is this exercise? And tell me about these these uh, the you know the, the the experiences surrounding the feelings. To tell you the exercises. Yeah. Well, I've mentioned a few of them about getting up early yes um and staying up and fasting from food and being involved in a community that was likewise observing some kind of ritualistic self-denial you would fast from food <clears throat> for parts certain parts of every day well i fasted in different contexts uh while more involved in a church i would go without food but I would drink water and that would be for a certain number of days at a time or however long kind of I or we would decide. Then when I was uh, attending the fellowship of Baal Mohaideen's Sufi group in Philadelphia, when I was attending there more regularly, um, a lot of the members there observed the Ramadan fast, which in Islam there's a fast certain time of the year from the time the sun comes up until it goes down. Uh, but then you, you, so you can eat before sunrise and you can eat after sundown. That's, that's not healthy, though. Every day. I, you know, that seems to me uh, not good for the body. Well, I'm, That one, that one specifically. I'm not a doctor, so I, I don't know. It's, they just say don't eat at night, <clears throat> that's all. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I've never learned much about the, the physiological effects of fasting. But, well, and it's just one piece of the puzzle, what I'm trying yes. to describe. And it might not have anything to do with the fasting. It might be that the fasting was the effect and not the cause of... Oh, I think it, I think it aids in, the, in the, 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 the emotion or spiritual response, whatever. Uh, definitely, I think fasting does. It, sure. Staying clear, staying open. I mean, I feel that when I'm even, you know, in a for even working on music, which is a meditation in a way, uh, sometimes, depending on what it is, I, I can, I feel like I'm, I'm more open to it when I have an empty stomach. Well, when you're, when you're saying that, it makes me think that, well, what would it be about fasting in particular? Well, for one thing, you do see it in all these spiritual traditions, at least every religion every I've looked at, every it, culture, it yeah. seems to have that pattern of some kind of self-denial and some kind of, I don't know, mortification is too strong a word, but letting the body know that it can't just do whatever it wants whenever it wants, yeah. and there's going to be times that it has to suffer or it has to sacrifice what it's calling for, for something deeper. I guess on some level, it's just, we could see it as just a question of what we want out of our life and if you if you look at your life and the and the world and say what I really want is to feel happy uh, if you, rather I want to feel comfortable I want to feel pleasure I want to feel safe and I want to be healthy etc you can find out the way to do that and maybe that means eating three balanced meals a day and not fasting right um, but if you're in sorry we got another one here a lot of trucks around here for, for just a regular city street a lot of trucks but if we decide we want something other than that, yeah, you could say more. You could say more, or you could say less. Something that, yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, something different. Um, 
then we might have to be willing to sacrifice uh, what we're now um, relying on or some of our habits and some of what we take comfort in now to try to see if there's something a, a deeper place to go there's something below that right yeah. it's it's um i guess like anything you can only like any path of, well i could look at my own journey and say the decisions i've made to be in a band to get married there's a there's an opportunity cost you know if i weren't doing this what would i be doing and do you fantasize about that of course don't you y- yeah i guess so in a way um I guess so in a way, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm almost not doing any of that right now anyway. You know, I don't have a wife and I don't have, uh, you know, I mean, a band. I mean, I, I don't know what that means. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's different. I, I don't, you guys seem to work as this unit and kind of, you know, I don't, I've never really worked that way. So, I, I, you know, and we're not currently like touring a lot now. So, I'm, I am kind of like this lone entity right now. Um, but yeah, whatever. I fantasize about other things. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I don't just mean the different things in your life you could do for a career or places you could live or something, but different beliefs about the world or different priorities and different intentions or central concerns well, definitely. that you might align yourself according to. And I think there again, if you look around at anyone else in your life, well, okay, this one really prioritized career and wanted to get ahead in that way. This one really wanted to create beautiful art, and this one was extremely religious, and this one was family-oriented. How does that work out for them? Right. You see you see those paths diverge and, and where they end up, definitely. And it's not to say that you would have the exact same results if you went down a similar path. Of course, there'd be differences, but I think you can reflect on your own... You can reflect on your, on your own actions and intentions and ask, well, why do I do this? Well, how have I ended up here and what kind of fruit is it bearing? Yeah. And if this is toxic for me, am I just continuing it out of a sense of uh, momentum? Is it an addiction of some kind? Is it just a lack of courage for me to step out and try something different? And when we realize how... You feel... You feel I'm sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, no. Um, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, do you feel that you feel that way within within your life? So you you feel in in some ways like that the the trajectory that you're on or the or that you've been on in a way is habitual. Absolutely. I I never wanted to put out a second album, let alone a sixth album. I'm still touring and not doing so many of the things I dreamt about when I was younger. Um, largely out of a sense of momentum and ha- and yeah habit that, that I have wedded myself to these other personalities and they have different agendas or different dreams in life and I get carried along with their dreams insofar as fulfilling their dreams is dependent on me uh, given that we're in a band together at this point. Do you ever resent them for that? I resent them for everything at one point or another um, and but there again I think in a way that's kind of related to what we started this conversation discussing, which was the, the workings of our own mind and how we can learn about ourselves by what we think uh, um, other people are. Yeah. Um, when I see that I'm going to resent the guys in my band for X, Y, or Z, and then I meet my wife and realize, oh, I fall in love with her and she's so different from them and I see so, uh, uh, so many 
so much potential for our relationship, but eventually start resenting her for A, B, and C, I had to realize I it must I, be you. Let's just come to resent everybody for something, and that's yeah. something I have to turn and and examine myself. And why yeah. do I find fault with so many things? And is there a benefit to it? I had to. I mean, I, we talked a little bit about being perfectionist yeah. last time we met up. I think we're kind of similar. You know, when you talk about your, th- those kind of ways of being, I, I, I definitely relate to that. <coughs> well, does it cause you a lot of pain? Yeah, I mean, I ha- you know, I haven't had a girlfriend since 2008. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and, you know, I, I, I have f- close friends in a way, but not that many, really, you know? Right. Well, do you think there's a a benefit to that? To, to being all like uh, perfectionistic? Yeah. Well, it's allowed me to make the music that I make that that has seen some success. But what does that mean? You know? Right. It's. I mean, I think it's the good side of it is the same thing that allows me to. Uh, yeah. To, to to craft something that people like the bad side is is maybe isolation do you have a sense of how it affects those who are closest to you I think it can have have a negative effect now look I'm, I'm a lot better than I was you know even as a kid like a little kid you know like seven or eight you know I was an asshole like I think uh very specific about what I wanted you know um, so, yeah. To the point of what you could call obsessive or compulsive or whatever. Things like that. Words like that. So, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it is. About, so, you, 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 you feel like... You said you had other things that you, you had... Or directions you... you would fantasize about your life going is it does that mean more like you know back back to that regimented sort of thing i mean can you do that for life i mean people do good question i would think that it would require some kind of a more holistic shift that it couldn't be just uh, one day i would up and decide i don't know though there um i've always i guess that's just ridiculous. That's, that's, that a, big, a, that's a backhoe driving, <laughs> driving through the streets. Um, I think, uh, well, have you ever read a book called The Way of a Pilgrim? No. Do you know the book Franny and Zoe? Yes. By Salinger, did you read that? Yeah. Well, do you remember in the, how, do you remember much about the plot? Uh, not that much. Do you remember Franny, the, the main character reads a book and ends up having something like a nervous breakdown where she okay. ends up feeling like everything is phony and she can't take her life seriously as she was living it because it was so steeped into kind of artificiality. Okay. And I think it was brought on by reading this book of uh, called The Way of a Pilgrim. It was anonymously written by a Russian monk in the 18th century who kind of wandered around with a Bible and a sack with some crusts of bread. You know, this idea of... Uh, total renunciate that you love that you want to be that well at the time when I read it I thought this is how I'm going to end up I just know it just give me a few more weeks to tie up some loose ends you know and then that turns let me let this bread crisp in yeah exactly and 
when I look back and say, wow, 18, probably 17 years have passed since I read that book and, and I have not renounced everything. And I mean, anyone who's read the Gospels and taken them at all seriously has to think about the, that calling that Yeshua offered, drop your nets and follow me or leave your family and come with me. Well, what would that look like today? He said that. Look, haven't you you read the books? Haven't you? Have you I don't. Has know. it been? Yeah. I, I don't remember him saying leave your families and. Follow well, me. maybe he didn't say leave your family, but it meant it required that. Or yeah, in one yeah. case, like let the dead bury the dead. Like the guy wants right. to go to his right. dad's funeral, and he says, "No, just come on with me now." And yeah, um, I don't mean to be presumptuous. I remember you told me you were no, I, I raised I, in the I messianic. Was def- definitely, but I, I can't say that I've recently read through. I actually read a, a, a couple of the books of the New Testament maybe 10 years ago but yeah right well I think for a long time I interpreted that in a pretty literalistic way that at some point I'm going to have to up and walk away from everything that I know and set foot into a new unknown life wherein you know he Christ told his disciples don't bring a bag with you don't bring an extra tunic but God will supply whatever you need you know this, this leap of faith into the unknown and also in some passages um, warns against worrying about tomorrow and providing for the future because he says look at the sparrows look at the birds of the air and, uh, and God provides for them and um, you too will be provided for if, if you trust that, that kind of thing and I was always really inspired by that because I was always worried about the future or I'm regretting something from the past and have this bad habit of, or at least to me, a painful habit of living in a kind of a non-reality of tomorrow or yesterday and un- unable to appreciate the gifts or the or to take a hold of the opportunities that are right in front of me. For, um, for example, right now, on some level, I'm with you uh, and, and thinking about what someone will think when they're listening to this. Right. So... And that's at play right now, and it's almost always at play. This yes. inability to cut away scheming about some future uh, goal or some agenda that you have, or thinking about some garbage that happened, or some triumph or success of the past, and just being right there in the immediate presence of whoever is in your life, and caring for them and showing them love, um, and, meet, and, and finding, opening up their heart you know, seeing where is their heart and what sorrow are they carrying and how is their heart broken and how can, how's my heart broken maybe in a similar way and I might not be able to fix whatever is broken in your heart but I can open up mine together with you and say, wow, even if we're screwed up and crazy and, and, and broken, we can embrace each other in that and find some comfort and maybe be whole together. Or maybe there's right. a like some aspect of you that is right in front of you and you know dressed in a tie-dyed shirt absolutely and you know you're and you're able to Aaron's dressed in a tie-dyed shirt and likewise for me with your teal shirt I guess Uh, yeah some kind uh, of blue blue shirt and that we're only able to be whole when we're fully with that Uh other presence that other part of ourselves and, and without the kind of boundaries and barriers and walls that we Put up that are based, I think, largely on the kind of identities that we build up that you were describing earlier, uh, having been stripped away for those five minutes. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. So part of what, uh, to kind of try to come back to that question you asked a while back of the practices that surrounded those states wherein I felt... So, something you've been dancing around for the bit, which is fine, which is good, because because all the, all the dance is beautiful too. Well, there's, a, there's uh, some ambivalence because on the one hand, I want to be tangible and tell you the exact steps and not be the, in these kind of mystical, ethereal kind of language. Uh, you know, I want to tell you exactly what it was that brought me there. At the same time, I want to resist any kind of... Uh, any kind of formalization of that process because it happened for me at a specific time in my life under very specific circumstances and I don't think if someone else were to just go follow the same steps that I did that the same thing would happen to them. Uh, so I would only describe it with a disclaimer that well here I'm talking about the past so it, to some extent it's something that's dead and gone and I'm also talking about something that was so idiosyncratic to my journey that I would have to say don't don't go do this, but that's what I, that's why I said that about DMT. Does that make sense? Why I said right. it's not something for you know. It's like I, I'm, I'm not advocating the use of it. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think that's I commend you for that because I, I likewise wouldn't want to advocate something that is so unknown to how it would affect different pe- different yeah, people. And, and, and it's something personally for me that I'm working on right now within myself and it's yeah it's it's idiosyncratic it's it's me specific in terms of what I feel like I need in my life right now so yeah it's not something that a bunch of 19 year olds should go do right maybe a bunch of 19 year olds should go do what you did but maybe not maybe that's also something that that was idiosyncratic right yeah that uh, then I, I I definitely don't know but there are since there are specific things that I could tell you just to be more tangible yeah um I may as well. Yes, please. Um, and, but I mean, I've already mentioned a few of them, and, and so, I mean, really, there are no surprises in there. A lot of them are probably common to any of the religious traditions that you could look into. Um, but in addition to the the waking up early and times of fasting or self denial, um, obviously, prayer for the Judeo Christian and Islamic faiths um, is fairly central and from what does prayer mean for you well it changes but again to be very tangible um, I can describe at least certain physical movements of stopping whatever I'm doing and whatever my plans are my agenda is for that day and making a deliberate decision to pause and to let go of whatever it is I think I need to do um, and to for me uh, it, it involves certain physical movements um, I don't even presume this is prayer in any uh, absolute or even um, spiritual sense so I, I, I sometimes I just use the term stretching exercises because I get on my knees and then I bow down I put my head on the ground uh, in Islam there are specific bodily movements you know, you raise your hands um, up to around your ears, and then you cross your hands around your navel, um, and you say a few verses from the Quran, and then you bow down. Uh, you're standing, but then you bow down halfway, kind of at your waist, and your back is parallel with the floor. You say a few more things, then you stand up, say something else, and then you kneel, and then you bow, put your head on the ground or on the floor. 
I'm just describing like, this. Yeah, like 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 acts of of gratitude and subjugate, subjugation. Right. Yeah. Both uh, of, of self. Yeah. Right. And 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 a lot of times, what it's just very very simple things are going through my mind. When I think of the verses from the Quran, for one thing, it's in Arabic, so I don't even know exactly what the, the words translate to in English. And even the times that I do, I don't even necessarily agree with what they're saying in terms of uh, the message. Um, but in a sense, it's a way of emptying out my mind from the thoughts and the reels. You know, I've heard people describe meditation as like trying to clear out the mind because its activity, if it's unrestrained, is like flipping through channels on a... Uh, maybe you can relate um, with a remote control going through the television channel and just one thing after another and there's not a lot of control and, and like you said there's a lot of scheming and there's a lot of remorse slash gloating right you know what I'm saying right right and to be at a place where you can be rid of all of those and simply find some kind of a quiet uh, stillness and clarity um, it's been invigorating for me like going and, and washing in a cold clear lake and you can see everything and you know stripping off all your clothes and just looking at yourself as you are and, and not judging yourself or not you know wanting to be different but just observing your own mind you've been able to do this well I I don't know how successfully but I know there's been times that I've been m more steeped in the practices that have facilitated that kind of non-judgment and and courage to see myself as I am, you know that if the desire to be something or to achieve something, I think it can cloud our vision in terms of seeing reality as it is, because we might kind of selectively choose the evidence that we allow into the into the case when we want, for example, to be seen as good. We might kind of turn a blind eye to the bad things the we things do, that are bad, or yeah. vice versa. If we're intent on, you know judging ourselves or someone else, we might not notice the, the beauty that we have. Um, and insofar as our intention is not just to be good or to be much less to be seen as good, but to realize reality or to align ourselves with reality or truth, then we may have to let go of some of our desire to be something in particular. That's so hard. In a sense it's hard, but in a sense it's harder to not do that because we have to end up constructing this whole edifice of a, of a character, you know, Yoni, Wolf, or Aaron, Weiss, and what we want people to think us to be. And it's such a relief to put all that down and say, you know, whatever you think of me, that doesn't necessarily affect what is real. So I don't have to worry. I don't really have to worry about that so much. And insofar as I believe that God is my judge and not you or someone listening to what I'm saying, I really become free to face reality more courageously because I, if I believe in a God who sees who, or who is all of reality and I can't hide anything or trick anybody, trick God by being putting on some big show or saying something clever, then I can just totally let down my guard and lay on my lay on my face or, or be on my knees and just and, and be content to in a sense surrender my, my life into the hands of the one who is reality or into the one um, for whom or, um, 
to whom I believe is more trustworthy in, in terms of giving responsibility for what I am and who who I am or what I what I want to be. So uh, forgive so me for. Is it, so is that what prayer is then? I mean, for you, uh, it is basically what you just said. Well, I'm afraid that in a sense that. For me, so much of what's been life-giving has been the emptying out of words and concepts. So when I try to describe it to you using words, of course, it's going to fall short or even maybe cloud the matter. Yeah. And but how much silence could we endure uh, with a podcast? You know, could we just sit here sure. for ten minutes and not say anything? Probably. I guess, I guess the question is: Are are you are you saying words when you when you when you quote unquote pray? Or, or is it more of just a silent meditation and a feeling of, of um, you know, release? There's both. I think there's times of silence of trying not to think of any words or concepts. The, the other, the, you know, the non-English language part helps because I'm not as attached to the meanings of the sounds. I see. So if you're doing Arabic prayers or Hebrew prayers or whatever. Right. So yeah. it might not have the same effect on a native Ara- a speaker of Arabic. But... Here's a question. Do you feel weird about saying someone else's words like that, that someone else wrote a long time ago? No, uh, I don't in those contexts because there's no pretense of originality. In a sense, it's, a, it's an a, a effort to enter into a larger identity that's not constrained by the self. So I've heard a lot of, for example, evangelical... I, I'll tell you for, from a very recent experience. Last night at our show, someone came, approached me after our performance and said, Hey, can I pray for you? I didn't know what to say because I didn't know what they meant by prayer. I didn't know what that would look like or if it would turn into some public performance of, you know, saying a bunch of words so that somebody hears you and thinks you're praying and it becomes a whole kind of charade. And um, for me, what I said, say? I, I tried to explain that as concisely as possible. I don't know what you mean by prayer, but you're certainly welcome to say things out loud to whoever you believe is the creator of the universe with good intentions um, and I won't stop you but I might not um, trust you entirely I don't remember what I, I might said, not stick around for it I might, well it depends <laughs> yeah, how long you go on for and um, I might not close my eyes and right. think that what you're um, what you think you're doing is actually what's going on but I appreciate your, your good intentions if you have them um, but for me so what happened the well he um, well, his idea of prayer was to carry on conversationally, but refer to God and speak to God without closing his eyes or without using a lot of typically prayer-like language, but just say, God, well, I want to thank you for this brother, and yeah, I want yeah. to ask you that you protect him or that your will be done, etc. Um, That's what I grew up with in many ways, yeah. That form of prayer? Yeah, that form of prayer, conversational, personal relationship with God in that way. Right. And also speaking in tongues and things like that that are more, a little more um, mystical or, where, you know, we don't know where those things come from exactly. Sure. Yeah. Right. And I, Yeah, I was sure, certainly not to begrudge that. I've done my share of that kind of prayer and I've felt the power of it and i felt the limitations of it. Yeah. And so I began to search for different forms of prayer and some of them had to do with saying other people's words or... It, um, probably to give the most straightforward answer I could to that original question mm-hmm. would be that um, what they call in, in Sufism the dhikr. Dhikr? Dhikr. I, I see it's spelled as D-H-I-K-R, the dhikr. Um, okay. And typically in my experience it's been the repetition of different names of God. In Islam I've read that there's 99 names for God and they each correspond to a different quality. Are you familiar with this? No. 
Well, um, I'm not even sure where it comes from, but my mom told, taught me these, they call the 99 beautiful names of God. And so if you, um, they're, I think a lot of them are taken from the Quran or different traditions of Muhammad's teachings, attributes of God's character. And some Sufi gatherings I've been to, they recite them in a kind of mantra or invocation kind of a way, or very repetitive, sometimes, you know, 11 or 33 or 99 or even, you know, 500 times, just get into a kind of a trance and work themselves into this routine of just repeating this. It might be, Ya Rahim, Ya Rahim, which means, oh, uh, compassionate one, or the, the patient one, the, the kind, the merciful, whatever. And so in invoking God in those ways, you're invoking the qualities of God. So you're invoking, not, not God as this abstract person, but as the quality of compassion. Right. And focusing on that and trying to empty out I really what, like that. whatever you have that conflicts with compassion. For example, when judging somebody and not um, seeing the pain that they're acting from, but just seeing the action and yeah. um, condemning them for it, you could start to peel that away and say, what would compassion look like in action um, in this situation in my life? So, in here again to answer as directly as I, as I can, um, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but probably the most intense um, experience I've had that your description of DMT reminded me of was with the name of Allah that is pronounced, I think, Samad. Ya Samad is O Eternal Absolute. So I was chanting this name, Ya Samad, Ya Samad, Ya Samad, Ya Samad. It was over and over again. I was in my living room, I'm sorry, the dining room at my parents' house. And this is while my dad was still alive. And he and I would do these chants together. Because it would... Um, it really had a way of helping when we got into a conflict. Rather than arguing and talking, we would just fall into this prayer. Wow. And immediately bring peace and always elevate the situation. So at some point I got on this. So you, you, you'll choose, I'm sorry to interrupt, <coughs> oh. but this, rather than going through all 99 names in one sitting, you choose one aspect to focus on and use as a mantra for that one sitting? Right. Okay. Although, depending on how much time you've got or you're willing to carve out, um, you certainly could do all 99. Yeah. Uh, at the fellowship, this is coupled with other repetitive chants, such as verses from the Quran that I mentioned earlier, and um, greetings to the different angels, or wishing peace upon different prophets, um, or other prayers that... Uh, the meaning of which I don't even know or remember, but it's surrounded by this whole, what they call the morning zikr, or morning uh, meeting where they go through a whole routine that Bawa suggested or, um, would be a, a beneficial way to start their day, and they usually choose, you know, five or ten of the names for that, but if, you know, you're, times that I've been really struggling, I'd need to carve out more time and really dig into more of those names, and so you, and you're chanting out loud. Not always, uh, but as long as I don't feel like I'd be disturbing somebody, yeah. it does help to keep my mind from wandering, even just hearing my voice doing that. So you're, you're chanting Yasamad. Where, where were you? I was in, uh, was in my dad's um, little padded reclining office chair in the dining room of his house. 
and it just felt like everything lifted from me. All my conceptions of God, I, um, maybe just those concepts of etern eternity and this absolute character that I felt were so wholly beyond me that maybe I didn't have any sense that I was going to reach or commune with or understand God in any way. But it was a total emptying out of whatever my understandings were and a total opening up to whatever the reality of God would be. Even if the reality was that there is no God, as I understand that term, or as anybody ever uses that term, it absolutely didn't matter because all it meant at that moment was whatever is, whatever is real, that's what I'm invoking. And, and, and surrendering to. Surrendering to. So it didn't become... So what, what I resisted in the prayers, as, I, as you and I were just talking about earlier, of like this conversation and a personal relationship where... Many times you're asking, God, help me with this, or God, do this, or do that. We're trying to fit God into something you understand or want. Um, it became a total pouring out of anything you would understand or desire into whatever happens to be. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be as much margin for error there. Uh, right. Do, do, you, do you think that... Did, was your mind wandering to the... Or not wandering necessarily, but... Were you thinking of the meaning of of what you were saying, of that aspect? Uh, you know, were you you know considering the linguistic meaning of that invocation in a way? Because it sounds like that's what you were feeling. I think it has the parallel that it comes to mind is that of a of a. Well, we're outside of a coffee shop, and they have treats in there, and so I'm, maybe that's why I think of the, um, you know, they had some kind of a raspberry scone in there, and there's at some point there's a linguistic construct that, you know, you associate certain things with, and it points to something else, and so you might look at the menu and say, well, raspberry scone sounds nice, and then eventually the, when you order it, the scone arrives and you taste it, and then it's something else. And at that point, you don't need the phrase raspberry scone anymore. You have the taste of it and the, the, the texture of it. And so I think, well, and this is just a few Did years after the fact. Did you start to feel the taste and texture? That's what, I, yeah. that's what I'm getting at, is that at some point it didn't have to be yasamad and it didn't have to be the phrase eternal, absolute, or God, or even reality or truth or anything. It just was a heightened experience of ecstasy and a sense of, selflessness and a sense of unity with well my mother was in the vicinity and she was my own life and my worst enemy was my own life and there was no grudges and there was no baggage from anything anyone had ever done to me and I wrote a letter to someone who I had had great conflict with and I, I, and I wrote on the front of the, of the envelope in which the letter was stuffed a list of all the things blank has done wrong to me and of course it was a blank piece of paper inside. It felt like everything was gone from the past and everything I knew to be true didn't matter anymore. Uh, and it was that experience of ecstasy that was self-verifying. It didn't have to, it wasn't true because I believed it and someone else told me and I'm hoping this will pan out or this is the group I belong to. It was just a state or a place that I was in that I couldn't deny. So that's what I fell in love with and began to seek again is not um, 
a doctrine or a group of religious beliefs, but a state of consciousness that was was very, very real. What did you take away from that? You know, other than you said you wrote that uh, or didn't write the, the list, you know, uh, how long did that sense, did that sense sort of stay with you, you know, or how did it fade? Right, that's a good question. I, if, uh, I'd probably have to think about that a long time because it happened gradually. Have you ever it seeped the, into your being, I assume, that experience? Well, it was sort of like falling in love and imagine you met sort of the, the woman of your dreams and she was perfect and wonderful in every way and then she disappeared and you went wandering through the streets of Cincinnati and met somebody who was pretty cool in this respect or she's kind of funny or she's really smart or she's pretty but nobody that had the whole package the way this one right. woman did well you would you would be kind of screwed in a sense unless you ever met her again you know it would be hard for you to you'd wish you never had met her in the first place maybe because she's tainted your so is that does it feel like that well there is some sense of you want more wanting more or no, I wouldn't say resentment because to me the the good news is that the that beloved is, I believe, everywhere yes. and accessible to us. Yes, I think um, you 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 do, right. Maybe that metaphor is not perfect, or you know what? Maybe it is, because that that ideal is in everyone. Well, I believe that, but it's hard to remember that, yeah. and you and you become distracted by these superficial things or faults that you find in their character and forgive me for talking so much again Yoni I thought Aaron, after do, dog it, no it, you're, you're like I love talking to you yeah it's, I need it I needed it today to be honest I I, I uh, had o- other plans today I was gonna go and just try to write at the coffee shop and, you know, I was feeling weird you know especially after that experience yesterday but also just in general in my life right now and uh, when you hit me up this morning you know I, I'm like Oh yeah, that's what I need to do is talk to him. Yeah, because it helps me. It you know, yeah. Well, I I like. It's good to see you. I was really excited to see you, and I also was nervous because I I remember enjoying our last conversation, but I also felt like like a kind of as I felt guilty for like I said for talking so much no, and for no, no. that's every that's like everyone's favorite podcast of mine. <laughs> People love that podcast. Yeah, not to not to like feed your at your ego or anything like that, but it, it was a good talk, and and you're very insightful and articulate. Well, it's hard because I there's so much I've had so much so much joy and 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 uh, almost like a big a great bit like that the, that beloved that I was describing is like the, this 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 beautiful woman or this just great treasure in my life that I feel so in a sense excited about and eager to share with anybody who would want to listen um, in this case when you ask about specific things to get there I have some ambivalence because I do want to encourage anyone else to go on that path but again as I said I don't know if it would help them and also because it's something that has passed and I think it would probably be more fruitful for me to actually get back to that place if I were to shut myself away and and start to practice some of those same disciplines. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, it's harder on the road, and so um, I, I, I was excited to take up this opportunity to talk with you again. Yeah. But I also felt ambivalent because because I feel like I'm in such a dry and hardened kind of place. I'm in a uh, difficult place too. It's, it's interesting. 
Well, I remember last time we talked, you were described being sort of closed off and not willing to give of yourself very much. Do you remember that? Not willing to what with myself? Give of yourself. Give of myself. I mean, do you should, do you do you like to talk about how you're doing on a given day in, sure. the, in these podcasts? In terms I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I mean, yeah, yeah I... I Yeah, I guess that's and by give of yourself. I don't mean you're stingy or something, but like to open up and share. Open up to someone else, right? I remember. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to say about that, or if I feel differently now. I think that I, I do have a. Like I said, maybe that's related to the being hard on other people and hard on myself. Um, you know, is is that lack of ability to to, to, to blend, you know, to, to merge. Um, I, I would say that maybe recently, I, I also have lived in that, with that sense of, okay, when, when do things start? Or, um, how did I used to be? How was I? How am I? What am I? That kind of thing. Um, which, maybe I'm somewhere in between um, getting rid of more of my ego and forgetting who I am in a way that is maybe uh, losing myself or something. Which is, I think, ultimately it's a good thing. But maybe I'm in some uh, purgatory of it. You feel like being in a public position and being on stage and being as sort of public personality to whatever extent you are has has, uh, made it harder to let go of that ego or to to, strengthen it or kind of... I think think that... It has given a false sense of what I am, or maybe gave me a sense of self that that was based on other people's reflection of me, other people's impression of me, that may or may not be what I actually am. What I actually am, I, what does that even mean, you know? So do you feel that? Well, that's like a fucking, that's like a spy jet. <laughs> what the fuck is that? A stealth fighter. Maybe the, maybe the Thunderbirds are out. What's that? Maybe the, the, they're like the... You know, like those formation jets for the air shows. That's like supersonic, man. But there's nothing. We're not seeing anything. That shit is cloaked. Some fucking military. That's some Area 51 shit. I feel. I feel like Sweet Child of Mine has been playing for multiple cars every, at all times I, for I the past hour and a half. I didn't notice until you just said that. Man, what were we talking about? Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, I, I do feel like being... Um, and, and in so much as, I, as I've had experience with being in the public, 
um, because you know my experience is minimal with that compared to a lot of other people and yet it has affected me I believe and left me in moments of silence not really knowing what's going on in some ways can you relate to that sure but but let me ask you because you said right right before we started this you haven't been too busy with why you've been doing solo stuff Is I just related? I just have been doing short solo tours um, as as a way to make a living basically um, and I enjoy it too actually it's, it's in a way I don't want to say more enjoyable but it's 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 less like you know when you have a big band and a lot of people traveling, everything is an ordeal, you know, all the organization of everybody. Well, you know, when you go out by yourself, it, it's, you know, all that's pretty easy, even though you, you have to do more, you know, right. of the work. It's kind of like simpler in a way. Well, do you have anything that has counteracted that, that what, what we were just talking about, of that, that public attention and that sense of confusion that has resulted DMT <laughs> I mean maybe that's an attempt right maybe that's an attempt but yeah I, I you know yeah I do I do yoga uh, that's not even a big truck he's just trying to he's like a, like a small puppy barking hard uh, but yeah I do yoga two or three times a week and I do martial arts <laughs> twice a week um, those help me I think th those are you know, hour and a half long, two hour long, whatever, sessions of, of, um, not thinking about who I am or what I'm supposed to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and I also try to meditate as often as I do, but I don't that often, you know what I mean? But that's something that I've been definitely dabbling with over the last, uh, I guess about a year uh, is, is just just silently focusing on my breath, you know, something to s sort of still the mind. Right. And 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 I I don't know. I, I, I write in like a diary and shit, but I I also think like, well, what am I supposed to be as a writer? Maybe you can relate to this, or maybe not. As someone who writes things and is, and sings things and invokes whatever I'm invoking which I don't even know what that is half the time uh, what is my responsibility there to myself to my listeners to the spirits underneath everything so have you have you come up with an answer no have you had ever that's why I'm coming to you Aaron have you had different answers over time or have you did you used to have an answer? And I, it used to be more simple. I didn't used to think about it. It was it was ego driven, and I didn't have to question it. It was it was like it, it was maybe more playful, but also more torturous. You know, like I didn't I, I didn't have that 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 way to 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 slow the mind down. You know, like. I, I punched some walls, punched some doors, broke my hands. You know what I mean? Like, it, like acted crazy, threw bottles, yelled at, screamed at people. You know, like, uh, d that stuff goes hand in hand 
with the impulsive way that I wrote, maybe, in a way. And I still I still write impulsively in the best times, but it's usually only only in in uh, moments of, of literal unconscious, you know, like sleep or something. You know what I'm saying? Like where I know that the ego's not clouding because I'm so aware of the ego now, or not always, but a lot of times I'm aware. Oh, okay, I'm I'm thinking or doing this because of of this way that I am, or this, you know. The, the, these patterns that I have um, that that writing for me that has always come from from a real gut place maybe I maybe I'm questioning where I'm at too much you know and I'm not quite at that other layer of of uh, calm that can be written or maybe writing for me only will come from from that confused place or something I don't know did I hear you rightly that you referred to writing taking place while you're sleeping you come up with ideas uh, yeah not that often but yeah that's almost the only stuff that I'm able to not question its integrity or its or its um, intention because I know that it's from a, a, a place a deeper place within me. Do you have any sense of responsibility to your listeners to say anything helpful or good? I, well, I want to now. You know, I feel like a lot of my past material has been dark or pessimistic, and you know, and 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 even even uh, you know, humorous about that stuff and taking it not lightly, but but used humor. Uh, within those 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 darker places, and I don't feel like necessarily to specific listeners like I want to you know give you something to praise or to use you know to, to use as as prayer or something like that or but but that for just like just like you chanting that name of God over and over and it having power and it and it you know revealing another layer or peeling another layer off for you and letting you peek behind that for a moment um i i do feel like the words that we write you know can also do that but maybe it's more ego driven usually because that's what it is in this in this millennium in this generation and this you know you don't know who, who wrote those names of God or who came up with those ideas. You, we don't know who uh, originally wrote those prayers that people have said for, for thousands of years. I don't know where I'm going with this, and I don't know that, that I'm, be, I'm able to articulate how I feel. But I, I've, I feel like I'm always in some transition state. Well, do you have a... I suppose I, I'm curious about what else you might do. I'm not, nothing against the DMT, um, because maybe that, maybe that will help you to, to the end that you're describing. But I'm also curious... Um, of any other leads that you've had. I mean, it sounds like the yoga or the martial arts um, 
times of meditation, you have a few outer practices that have kind of kept you balanced or kept that ego in check or at least given other parts of your being a chance to take over or... Let, let, let me also say that I'm also very hard on myself. So when I talk about this stuff and, and say that I'm still struggling with it, you know, that's not to say that I haven't made huge strides yeah. in my life. Right. Um, you know, so it's something that I'm working on and, and I will continue to work on, but I'll also continue to figure out more and more, little by little, over time, uh, pieces come together, or, or maybe more accurately, pieces fall off. Well, my, um, for better or worse, my guru used to say to me, a man can only give you what he has, and so I, in a sense that's maybe an obvious point or an unspoken understanding that we come together with, that insofar as you... I do have a strong sense of wanting to bring something good or helpful or be a positive influence in whoever's path I happen to cross. You are in, you know, not to cut you off, but we are influencing the universe by putting out whatever language we're putting out. Right. So there is that, there is something there. Right. And if and it's negative, it's going to draw a negative. If it's, gonna, if it's positive, it's going to draw a positive. Sure. Yeah, I agree. And I, even beyond what, I shouldn't even say beyond, in the sense before or beneath the desire to help anyone else or bring anything good to the universe. Simply for my own peace of mind, I'd like to stay in a point of... That was a motorcycle gang. I'd like to stay in a point of clarity or remembering... The, the most high and the, the highest ideals or the highest truths I've experienced. And so that is going to come out whether I'm talking with you or whether I'm alone with my wife or I'm on stage. There's going to be a push and pull uh, uh, that I experience of ego and all of its trappings and agendas and then the surrender of that into trust and faith in a higher reality or higher um, kind of more united identity that I might find with whoever I'm talking to or sharing an experience with. Um, so that happens. What'd you say? Oh, yeah. We gotta wrap this. We'll wrap this up in a second. <coughs> you sure? You you guys should go eat together, no? We... Okay. I mean, we've been going a long time. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. Well, he'll meet you in, in 10 minutes. Maybe I can... Could I call you after we're done? Do you have a phone I could yes, use? To yes, call? Okay. yes, yes, yes. Cool. Cool. Thank you. See you. So, I, I say that because I, I like to come clean about all the these agendas of trying to be a good, you know, force for X or Y and... Uh, and then I try to, in a sense, verbally process letting go of that agenda and accepting you wherever you're at and whatever path you go on and finding that the love I have for you, whether you keep going with the path of um, DMT or music or yoga or 
prayer or whatever your wherever your path goes um i don't have an um i want to let go of my intention to try to point you or anyone who's listening to this in any of the directions i've gone in that have been very benef- i felt have been beneficial for me um but in the interest of again answering your question with directness and intangible ways there is one point that i had left out um or in fact i didn't even think of until we kept talking and i realized well probably the single largest influence or the single single most significant factor in sh- bringing me to that state i described um i haven't mentioned which was the which was probably sitting with a guru or finding someone who was in at least to the best of my assessment in in the kind of a state that i hoped to reach so finding has really done the work right someone to get who, there right and so there is a fellow who lives in Philadelphia who was a disciple of Bawa Muhaiddin's Bawa died in 1986 right but he has a lot of disciples that kept on going with his teachings and his practices uh one of which um i spent a long time with and um for a couple of years would go and sit with for hours at a time and just listen and kind of fall into what he was saying and in some ways tried to pick through it carefully and not just accept it all as true but one of the um but i certainly saw a change in my life and in in taking that time taking him as a part of my life and in a sense being around somebody who i felt was a positive influence on me um just in a very basic sense you know we so going around being people who were really negative or backbiting and say you know doing destructive things that can i can be pretty sensitive to that and get drawn into that pretty easily I, yeah so uh, for me it was really important to try to find others who excuse me who i felt like were further along on the path that i wanted to travel and to not necessarily ask them for their formulae but to just be with them to be in their presence and to feel um the fruit of what they had done with their lives and in my case it wasn't all um it didn't all resonate you know not everything that my guru slash shake said um seemed to fit my life or um felt right to me but a lot of it did and the things that did i think moved me forward more than any other single aspect of my life that i can think of so i don't know if i'm saying you know go find a guru or something because i don't know what you what I, i don't have anything like that in my life you know like um i feel a bit severed from that i grew up with a thing that i'm severed from now and i can't you know when i talk to my parents about this kind of stuff it, it's tough you know i mean to a certain extent um we can relate on certain ideas about uh some kind of idea of spiritualities in some ways but mostly not yeah. mostly you know they have their thing and and I'm searching for something in a way or not I'm not searching for a thing like a religion or whatever like that I always have kind of a problem with that with with too many people kind of following one specific path I just feel like everybody's different and everybody can, I I don't know I don't know I don't know but I I do question here's something else that I do question a lot like when you asked before fantasies about other stuff I do question what should I be doing who should I be associating with in that in that same way that you just said like should I have a, a guru or a mentor you know spiritually or or, or whatever you know 
for sure. That's that's stuff that that has gone through my mind. You know, like how am I supposed to live? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and am I just hooked into this pattern of of living by because I lived this way yesterday? Right. And I live in the place that I live from happenstance. You know, I grew up there. My parents happened to have moved. There. You know what I'm saying? Like. Right. Where should I go? What should I do? Well, my mom used to like to quote Shakespeare's readiness is all. She would say that you need to just be ready for what, for the opportunities that come. And I, I, again, I have to resist the temptation to try to answer any of your questions or sure. try to solve any, any riddles. Um, but again, I'm just trying to stay myself in a clear place to where when I have that same struggle or similar kinds of questions that I try not to be overwhelmed by them or feel any anxiety, but in a sense appreciate that. I appreciate them in you, for example, that you are um, searching or always looking to move forward or trying to go deeper into your understanding of the world or yourself. And I admire that. I know in my experience that's not always the most comfortable path. Yeah. But I encourage you in it for what it's worth. I remain open to you and to hopefully we go through that together or whenever our paths do cross that we kind of nudge each other along or yeah. in, in some little way yeah that's a good place to wrap it up you gotta go see your wife uh, and we got like an hour 45 there of talking I mean I could keep talking all day I've been sitting here with Aaron Weiss outside of a coffee shop somewhere in Newport, Kentucky in the uh, on a beautiful day beautiful summer day and I suppose we'll sign off I don't know that we came to any conclusions exactly but it's helped me to just have this conversation with you uh, for my day it's gonna it's gonna put me in the right place today so I appreciate that well, I, I appreciate, appreciate you thank yeah thank you I feel exactly the same way all right Let's get out of here. Say bye to these people. Bye-bye. Thank you. Big ups to my whole internet massive. Yoni Wolf, back at you. Great conversation. Great conversation. Things that make you go, hmm, right? I do want to thank you all for listening, and I do hope to see you on the road on these upcoming dates. And uh, just... Um, know that I'm always with you in spirit as you travel through your day and hopefully I'm with you right now. I mean, I'm definitely with you right now in your earphones or on your home stereo system. At Yoni Wolf on Twitter. At Yoni Wolf and Wild Carnation. Dot floral. Cabbage Patch. Dot EU. I'm there. Find me. You guys, have a great week. Keep wandering.
Like that. 